and foal began to paw at the dead leaves underfoot, like something feral making a night shelter. "'These horses need hay and grain,' Dixie said in a weary, hopeless voice as she dismounted and checked her mare's sweat-soaked cinch. "'They're about ready to drop, they're so weak.' Ruff and Houston just nodded, and the latter said, "'We'll get them a feed tonight, and a bed of straw if we can see our way out of this forest.' "'We will,' Ruff added, knowing that Dixie was deeply worried about the mares. It troubled him beyond words to see how thin the blue horses had become since fleeing Wildwood Farm and their beloved Tennessee. They looked to be down a few hundred pounds each. A flash of movement caught the corner of Ruff's eye, and he spun on his heel, right hand stabbing downward, the army colt leaping upward and lining true against the flash of motion. "'Easy,' Houston ordered. "'It was just a fox.' Ruff closed his eyes and lowered the hammer of his colt, for he'd also seen the fox an instant before he would have fired. "'You're almost too good with that six-gun,' Houston said. "'You've practiced the draw and shoot so much it's automatic. That kind of reaction can lead a man down the wrong trail.' "'It can also keep him out of the grave,' Dixie said, defending her favorite brother. Houston turned away, and Ruff made a show of checking his cinch. He appreciated Dixie coming to his defense, but he knew that Houston resented Dixie's obvious favoritism. It had never mattered when they were a large family, but now that it was just the three of them, well, Ruff meant to see that absolutely nothing came between their common bond, and so he wished that Dixie would sometimes take Houston's part rather than his own. Ruff leaned against High Fire for support and continued to examine everything in his range of vision. He had already decided that this forest was different from those back home in Tennessee. There were a few unfamiliar trees and oddly shaped ferns, even a few species of bird that Ruff had never seen before. The forest seemed runtier and drier, the sky not quite so blue. In truth, Ruff supposed he was not being very fair. All that he knew for certain was that he did not feel comfortable in this Arkansas forest, and he longed for the great smoky mountains and the beauty of the Cumberland Valley. Tennessee. Would he ever return to Wildwood Farm to rebuild his father's great horse farm? Ruff was sure that it was now only a charred ruin trampled and desecrated by General Sherman's plundering army on its march to the sea. Besides their beloved horse farm, Ruff had lost three older brothers in the war, as well as his father, who had been shot down by a vicious Confederate lieutenant named Clemson Pike. Retribution had been swift, vengeance sweet. No one knew that the Confederate patrol had opened fire on the Baloos, forcing them to retaliate in self-defense. When the gunsmoke had cleared, Southerner had killed Southerner, and now the Baloo name was a Southern curse, and a rebel was just as much the enemy as a damned Yankee. Just thinking about the loss of his father and his three older brothers brought a sharp ache to Ruff's throat. The Civil War had destroyed his world, his hopes, and his family's name. Gone was his boyhood dream of continuing to breed and race the finest horses in the South. Gone, too, was the thirty-some years of breeding records and effort that had produced stallions like High Man and his son High Fire, the flashy three-year-old stallion Ruff now rode. Horses with the speed of Pegasus and the heart of Leo the Lion. Ruff found it nearly impossible to turn his back on Tennessee and the South.
He had nothing to go to out west except some Cherokee relatives on his mother's side of the family that he did not know. Tennessee was a part of him, and it always would be. He longed for its great green forests, its sweet rivers, and its deep, placid ponds. Its forests were a hunter's paradise, with squirrels, coons, deer, and bears. Even a poor man with a good rifle could stay fat and content in Tennessee. Ruff did not think the same could be said of Arkansas. But Tennessee was lost now. The entire South was on its knees while the armies of the North beat it senseless in a bloody rage of destruction. No Southerner, honored or dishonored, would be spared if he or she were caught fleeing with arms or property. As a defeated people, they were expected to beg for mercy and forgiveness. And so men still too proud to bend their neck or their knees were...